gun Ramos looking like he's got one more good run Sips a little shaky But his heart is still true Oh how that dog loves hunting with me and you Sporting dog adventures run Hey, this is Jeff Fuller of Soggy Acres Retrievers and Sporting Dog Adventures TV. We have had a great run showing our love for dogs with our show, our podcast, our social media, and all that is based on Soggy Acres Retrievers. We proudly bring this podcast to you by Soggy Acres Retrievers and ask you if you are looking for training, boarding, or a yellow, black, or chocolate Labrador Retriever puppies, please check out SoggyAcres.com. Remember, everyone deserves a Soggy Dog. Our great fans of the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast, we are growing at an astronomical rate, and I want to thank you all. I do ask one thing from you. Please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Please give us a thumbs up. Follow us, subscribe to us on whatever other platforms you're on. And the most important thing I can ask, share our podcast with your friends so that we can grow our love for the dogs and dogs in the field and make it so that people are more involved in our sport. Again, thank you so much for being listeners. Take care. Welcome to the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Fuller. And today's episode is titled, The Great Teal Bust of 2021. It was not a great season for us. And the training tip is going to be on having expectations for your dog, whether you're training yourself or with a pro. And then in our hunting tip, we're going to talk about the need to know regulations prior to hitting the field in your state and area. So let's get right into The Great Teal Bust of 2021. We had a strange year this year where we had high water, low water, more low water than high. It caused a lot of cover to grow into our areas that we normally sit. And then we had a fair number of water, like a moderate level once teal season was here, but a lot of cover where you couldn't really scout. The areas that I could scout, we saw birds. So we figured we were going to have a good season and we saw... Quite a few ducks, I'd say an average amount of ducks, but there just weren't many teal. The birds also did not fly past, oh, I'd say 10 minutes before you could shoot at them. I think they had alarm clocks on. And it was just, uh, it was the type of year that you look back and you think, wow, we tried a lot of different things. And for whatever reason, the birds just weren't there this year. Now... It doesn't mean that we didn't have fun. Uh, I took my dog Ace on all of the hunts except for one, and on the other hunts I had Memphis, and then we had a couple of clients that uh, we took out dogs with. But overall, Ace did well last year. We had braking issues, did not have that this year. Uh, He did have some handling issues, and that was more of when you watch a dog when they're a hunt test dog or a competition dog and then get into a hunting atmosphere, it shows you, in my opinion, how far off hunt tests are from reality. 
you have a dog that has been trained all year and running competitively all year where 100 yards is the average on a marked retrieve or blind retrieve. And then in hunting, you're talking about picking up birds 30 to 40 yards and under. So we had a few times where we're trying to run blind retrieves and the dog's trying to run big. Ace was trying to run big and charge out there. You're stopping him, you're giving him casts, and he's taking the cast, but he's taking the cast in the thought process of, I have to go 100 yards. So the first day was a little bit of a struggle. Had to bring him back in, recast a few times, calm him down, and kind of just let him sit for a second before you cast it so that he would, he would take everything in, get him into an area, actually had to cast him into an area a few times and stop him so that he would get a basically a snoot full of the bird and then have him retrieve the bird but it was it was it's just interesting to watch a dog where they struggle with hunting where everything is so tight and close as opposed to competition where everything is in a quote-unquote hunt test not really hunting related challenges the dogs shows their ability but it's it's a transition from one to the other that I, I watch my dogs make every year and then struggle maybe a little bit not even struggle I guess just get acclimated and then really have a good season after that once they're into full hunting mode um, I guess you know looking at the year it was a good migration report but we had a weird thing in the state of Wisconsin where the northern half of our state had a lot of water I was right on the edge of it where we hunt where we had water and a few times we got some pretty big storms but the northern part of the state has a lot of sheet water a lot of water in farm fields I don't know if that affected the migration where it halted it I don't know if the fact that we had zero sheet water around our place zero farm fields had water if that caused birds to fly over or just stay on large bodies of water like lakes but we had lots of food and looking at it in totality, really thought that this year was going to be a good year just because of the amount of food we have, the rice crop in our central Wisconsin area is huge. There's lots of rice, there's lots of smartweed, there's lots of other plants that grew seeds that were on the water that, that should have really done a good job. I guess you look at things with hypothesizing and, 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 and looking back on hunts, how or why it wasn't the way you thought it was going to be and I think part of it is we were dry for so very very long where we had very little water that there weren't many local birds at our place because of the fact that there just wasn't that much water and then again I think just the high water slightly to the north of our property uh, properties we hunted and in areas we hunted and then the, uh, the, the very, being very dry in the southern part of the state caused maybe the birds moved over toward the Mississippi River where they had more consistent water. Maybe they were on big lakes or maybe they just, uh, from their bird's view, look down. They don't see anywhere to go and they just fly over and go to a different part of the country on their migration. But still looking forward to big duck season. I'm fully confident that we're going to get uh, quite a few birds. It's going to be a different year, though, as I look at it. And after hunting teal season, I would say about half of the spots that I normally hunt won't have water 
uh, right in front of them and then the cover that's grown in is not anything that we can sit in. So it's going to be getting back up, getting some scouting done, figuring out some spots. Might take a little while to get dialed in to where the birds are, but overall it's, it's something that, uh, it's kind of a fun challenge. I mean, duck hunting, as we all know, it is a puzzle and it is something where you figure it out. And some years you're spot on. Last year we had that year. Some years you're just not. And this year we started out slower than last year, but we learned a lot of good lessons that we can take and we can apply for our seasons coming up. And hopefully my podcast for duck season, as we go through, go through the different parts of duck season, will be that we're doing really well, it, but you never know. The good news is I love deer hunting. The less deer that we have on our properties, which have a lot of marsh on them, or the less water that we have on our properties, um, uh, where we have a lot of marsh, the deer will be in there. So from one way to another, it'll switch us from, I guess, one gear from, from wing shooting to big game. There also probably will likely be pheasants. So it, it, it'll, it'll still be a good mix. I learned last year when we had a great waterfall season, I was really stubborn trying to get a deer that I should have just hunted waterfall. And with the properties that I own, it kind of comes down to you need to take what you're given. Uh, in a wet year, we're going to have great waterfall. In a dry year, we're going to have better deer. I've never had a year that was this dry if it holds. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out with the waterfall hunting and the big game big game hunting so it's exciting it is that time of year i hope you guys are all having a wonderful start to your seasons if they haven't started i hope your start that comes soon will be great be safe have fun that is the main part work with your dog as a team get out there and just hey this is what we all live for so that's going to be it for this part of the show. Next, we are going to move on to the training tip, which is going to be expectations for the early training with your dog, whether you're doing it yourself or with a pro. All that and more coming up after this. Jeff Fuller again from Soggy Acres Retrievers and Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. When you look at hunting, you need to have yourself prepared. Our good friends at Mac Outdoors have reloading supplies as well as great clay target machines to get you prepared so you have more success in the field. Don't get that dirty look from your dog. Check out Mac Outdoors. Jeff Fuller from Sporting Dog Adventures and Soggy Acres Retrievers. In our house, my wife hates having the plastic kennels and wire crates. We need them for the dogs because we have times when they need to be put somewhere, but she cannot stand the look. So we talked to DCT Kennels and we now have a new partnership with them for a product that is a crate, but also a piece of furniture. If you want something that is practical as well as great looking, check out DCT Kennels. Welcome back to the show. I wanted to talk about something that comes up every training group I have and actually came up with a personal friend about expectations for your dog whether you're doing the training yourself or you are having it done by a pro. And it is such that I don't think people realize how much time goes into training. So I wanted to kind of go over where a gun dog level is at. When you get a dog in that has been through a gun dog level, which is generally three to four months of training with a pro or that much or slightly more if you're doing the dog yourself, 
it is where the dog has been put through its conditioned retrieve. It's gone through force fetch, e-collar conditioning, obedience. It's been shot around and it is doing more complex single retrieves, simple double retrieves on waterfall. It's patterning on upland and bringing birds back. But the key there is it's a big transition for a young dog to go from training to actually hunting. I always tell people that prior to hunting season, take your dog out into an area that's very similar to what you're going to hunt. Maybe you don't want to burn your hunting spot, but find an area that's very similar. And if it's waterfall, throw decoys out. Take a dead bird with you. Shoot and throw the dead bird. Have the dog go out there. Have the spinning wing decoys going. We don't realize how much of a chaotic train wreck a hunt is to a dog when they go out there. And I took out three dogs that had zero experience hunting this year. Each one did the same thing. They saw the bird go out. They charged out for the bird and then got out there and there was decoys floating and spinning wing decoys and my gosh, there's so many smells and sights and this and that and they struggled. So what we did was we took these dogs out in the evening so that it wasn't during the prime time where we were hunting. We went to an area that wasn't one we normally hunted but more just similar to it and gave the dogs this experience. They need to have this experience you also need to realize that you're going to have to help your dog, whether it's a downed bird in upland where you get the dog downwind from where the bird fell so the dog can use his nose to go in there, to waterfall where you're going out, maybe getting the bird yourself, picking it up, throwing it for the dog, then having it come back and re redoing it so it's thrown from a different area so the dog doesn't see someone throw it so that it falls to the point where then you shoot birds and the bird falls and the dog goes out and gets it. You have to be willing to give them that extra help so that they understand the difference between hunting and training. There's no way, whether you're training your dog yourself or having the dog trained, to actually mimic this in training. It's just too hard. You aren't going to take out, if you've got a pro, they're not going to take out each dog on a half hour boat ride, set up decoys, put a dog stand out, and then run the dog. It just, it's not economical. It's not something you can do. So when you're setting that stuff up, you're running on a pond. You're running where you're putting the do multiple dogs on the spot and running them. And if it's your own dog, again, you may have time to do that, but most people are busy. They've got jobs. They can't get this stuff done. So get your dog to the end of training. Get them out into something that looks similar, whether it's upland or waterfall, and then give them that experience. Expect to have to be a team member and not a hunter in your first few hunts. Expect to have to go and help the dog. And again, that means you might have to get out of the blind. You might have to go get in the mud with the dog, hike out there, get to where the bird fell, pick the bird up, throw it for the dog, whatever you need to do. Dogs will have different experiences when they haven't actually went out and hunted. So keep that in mind. When you watch dogs like we have on our television show, like I have as our stud dogs, these are dogs that have anywhere from 18 to 36 full months of training. They have gone through hunting seasons, and even they have had times where I've had to help them. I still remember Ace's first hunt. I got him back from training. He's qualified all age master title, finish title, we're on a youth hunt, I throw out a decoy, he goes and gets the decoy and brings it back to me. He would never do that now, but to him, it was anything you throw, I will be. I will go get it because I am a machine. I am just kicking butt, I'm going to bring it back to you and you're going to be proud of me. Give them 
time, give them experience, and remember that you're a team member. So I hope that helps you as you look at your expectations for your dogs when you get ready for the hunt after their training. We're next going to talk about the importance of knowing your hunting regulations before you get into the blind or before you head out to the field and upland after this. Hey, this is Jeff Fuller from Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast. I want you to know that we buy all of our trucks at Boucher Automotive. We go to Janesville. They've got a great selection, great staff. If you're looking for a new truck or car, check out our friends at Boucher Automotive in Janesville. Last part of our show is the hunting tip. And I had an instance that I heard of where a group of gentlemen went into a piece of property. It was public water, but private property. And they were going to hunt someone's private blind. When you are in the state of Wisconsin, if there's a blind and it is on private property, but you're on a public waterway, that blind is not something you can step into. The minute you do, it is trespassing. The group also then set up through decoys out, shot before uh, daylight, or not before daylight, but shot before shooting hours because they didn't know shooting hours, and then met the warden shortly thereafter. Once the warden met them, they had lead shot. So we look at the different levels of mistakes made by this group. Yes, if you get a ticket, you absolutely deserve it. You should get a citation. You can prevent this. If you have no experience, or even if you're in a different state, just get your regulations. Look at them. Every state that I know now has regulations online and likely even has an app that you can have on your phone. In Wisconsin, there's the Hunt Wild app. It actually has where you can click on it, click on what you're shooting, and it'll give you the shooting hours. It tells you your bag limits. It tells you what is legal as far as public waterway, and private property surrounding where you can sit. It tells you what is legal, public waterway on public hunting grounds, what you can do as far as blinds and and where you can sit. Make sure that you're going through this stuff so that one, you're a good steward in the environment. Two, so that you're a good hunter to be around other people because you know the rules. And three, so that if you have other people with you, you're making certain that they are also following the rules. It is very easy to not read the regulations and it can cost you lots of money. So make this the year that even if you're a seasoned hunter, you glance back through the regulations so that you know exactly what is legal, what is not, and go over that with the people prior to the hunt that you're gonna hunt with so that everyone has a good, safe, and legal hunt this year. That's it for this week's show. Thank you so much for listening. Please, five-star rating, share our podcasts, subscribe to it on whatever platform you're on. If you can, donate money. You can go to the Anchor Support. You can donate monthly, one time. We will appreciate it no matter what you do on, on, on the following options, that we just, or on the past options that I just gave. And again, have a great day. Thank you so much for listening, and God bless. Sporting dog adventures, run, boy, run. Everything you need is here under the sun.